we need to talk about suicide. I get emails from people asking uh, about suicide. Is it a sin? Does it send you to hell? And then others that talk about they're afraid their children or their parents are considering suicide. And then others, tragically, I get email from them that say, my son, my daughter, my mother, my friend, they committed suicide. What, where are they? What does God think of this? Well, of course, God does not want us to take human life, and that would include your own. And the taking of human life, when you're not in self-defense, is, uh, is a form of murder. It's a form of homicide. And so, no, by the way, it's rather strange. But suicide is actually on the books in almost every state in the United States and in many uh, Western territories as being illegal. And so if you attempt it, you've, you know, that what gives them that little bit of an edge to get you into treatment. It's not like if you attempt it, uh, they're going to put you in prison in most localities. But they may put you in a mental hospital for a mental health hold. And that varies according to which state you're in. Suicide is, um, is a last resort, obviously. And so we should take this very, very seriously. Uh, and let's talk. All right. First of all, I want you to memorize the number. 988. In the United States and its territories, 988 will immediately connect you to a suicide hotline. In Canada, 911 is really your best bet. But if you live in Canada, what I would do is I would go look up the numbers because they have different numbers for French speakers and English speakers, and they have different ways of texting in. It's rather complicated, frankly. And so look up those numbers and keep them with you in your phone or in your vehicle, somewhere where you have them. In the US, it's much, much simpler. You can just dial 988. All right, that's it. I want to tell you a story that has nothing to do with suicide to help you as we talk about God, faith, eternity, and suicide. I was raised in a faith that said that you could not have any sin going into heaven. That if you have unrepented of sin in your life, that you are lost. And so some people, a lot of people I knew growing up, looked to me to be incredibly holy and good people. But they were, they were rather afraid that they were not going to get to heaven because of some secret sin that they did not realize they hadn't repented of. I mean, it was that, there wasn't a lot of hope there. And one story told to illustrate this stuck with me. I forget how old I was, but I believe I was a teenager when the minister said that let's say that you had a lifetime issue with foul language. And I mean, you would make a, um, a longshoreman blush and you just, but then you found out about Jesus and you decided to become a Christian and you were absolutely won over by God. And so you're baptized. And now you're the next day, the next day you're up on the roof and you are replacing some shingles you pick up a bit of plywood and a gust of wind catches it and blows you and you realize you're going off the roof because of the habits of a lifetime and the stress of the moment and realizing and terror what's going on, foul language comes out. You hit the ground, break your neck and die. And the preacher looked at us and said, and you will be lost for eternity because you'd had no repenting of that sin. I want you to just think about what level of fear and angst 
a doctrine like that would put into people. It put it into me. But it didn't want me didn't want me to uh, make me rather want to drive closer to God. It made me almost give up because how can how can you do this? How how can you live your life so that at every second you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jesus, please forgive me for that. Sorry, Jesus, please forgive me for this. Is that really what Jesus had in mind? Well, of course not. Of course not. The Bible, in fact, says that the blood of Christ continually cleanses us of all sins, continually cleanses us. And he also tells us that we are children of God. And nobody so far, thank God, in their emails to me has said something such as, our son committed suicide. He is no longer our son. We disavow our son. I've never heard that. And, and if I did, I would have some serious things to say to those people. If you are a child of God, you are a child of God. That means with errors. That means with issues. God knew all about that before he had us. And so no, suicide is not an irrevocable ticket to hell. And if you want to know what the Bible truly says about hell, what the language really means. I did, I believe, a, a six-series uh, on it, a six-part series on it here in these Monday morning messages sometime back. And you can, you can go and you can uh, do a search on iTunes and find them all, all right? But no, I don't believe that you're going to hell just because of a suicide. Now, of course, if you've had a horrible life, done horrible things to mean people, you know, the, or the two people to hurt them, and then decided to stand up and, and as your last act, commit suicide to cause them greater pain, I'm going to let God deal with that one. All right? But that's not normally what we're talking about. What saves us is not perfection at death, but whose hand we are holding at death. And if we have come into faith and we are part of the community of faith in Jesus, we're holding his hand. He saves us, not our perfection, not our ability to handle whatever is going on in our life at that time. He saves us, not our own abilities. That's the whole point of the cross. Can a saved person commit suicide? Well, of course. There are tragic intersections of pain, loss, weakness, fear, loneliness, desperation. And when they form a nexus point, that can throw us into a spiral that ends tragically before we're even really capable of grasping the consequences to others and the loss of our life and what we will miss, suicide. And by the way, you'll be surprised at who commits suicide whenever I give you these figures, but I'll give those to you in a bit. The last thing anybody should do when someone commits suicide is to judge them or judge their family or wonder who drove them to it. That's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. I can remember when Karen Carpenter died of anorexia. We didn't even know what anorexia was at the time, but I can remember a preacher saying a very harsh thing about that stupid woman who starved herself to death. This is not helpful. Is anorexia suicide? No, no. In anorexia, you're not trying to kill yourself. You're trying to kill your self-image, which is a false one, completely not rooted in reality, but you're not trying to kill yourself. You're trying to kill a flawed, poured self-image, a horrific memory, a feeling of rejection, or 
uh, you are possessed by a fear that you're not thin enough to be acceptable and that you, you have a payment to make to the universe and get thinner. And by the way, they can look skeletal, but when they look in the mirror, they don't see that. Uh, and if you don't understand that at all, I would ask you to go look in a mirror and then go look at pictures of you. Now, if you're past, let's say 40, 50, I'm past 60. Uh, when you look in the mirror, you see somebody that looks a lot better than any picture of you. And the reason is what you see in the mirror is a lie. Your eyes adjust to your preconceptions, your concepts, your wishes, and your wants. So what you seeing is not believing because seeing is not generally truthful. Moving on, the byproduct of anorexia can be death, but that's not its goal. That's not its goal at all. How about this? You're in a military unit. A grenade rattles through the window and lands among your men. You leap upon it as you are trained to do. You leap upon it and let your body, if you're wearing a chest plate, whatever it is, you take it. That's suicide. You chose to be on it. But would any of us look at that and say, well, they're in hell for all eternity? I would certainly hope not. What they did was an act of, of self-sacrifice, courage, an incredible courage. What about this? Planes slam into the Twin Towers. After a while, you realize there's no way out for you. You feel the heat. You feel the shifting. Every place you try to open, smoke and ash and debris pours at you, just cannons at you out of every stairway. Elevators have long since cut and broken. You know that standing there, you will roast to death. So instead, you step out. Have you committed a sin? No. You've accepted the inevitable. The same goes with somebody, let's say, who receives a diagnosis of, of a kind of cancer. Not any kind at all. Many are eminently treatable. Many of them are eminently curable. But let's say you get one and they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm making up numbers here. You know, 20, 30 percent chance that you'll be cancer free in five years, whatever it is. And you look at that and you go, no. No, it's not worth it for me to go through these treatments, to spend this money for a small chance of years in agony before I die, just fretting the agony. And so you say, no, you will have family members telling you that that's just another form of suicide. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It's accepting that life is limited and choosing the way you wish to live the rest of your limited life. We need to watch how we label things. Shall I get very offensive now? I guess I shall. <clears throat> if we have to label deaths by anorexia, for example, as suicide, how are we going to label the deaths by obesity? Obesity is an epidemic, not just in America. It is growing everywhere in the world. I did not mean the pun when I said growing. It is, it's just, this is a serious thing. And obesity, by the way, is immensely complex. It's not always just overeating. 
But overeating does play a part because calories in, calories out is part of the equation. But shall we then start listing de um, deaths by obesity, uh, cigarettes, donuts, old country buffet, couch, sitting, worry? Shall we call all those suicides? I don't think so. I don't think you want to do that, do you? I would hope not. Is giving up your life for another a form of suicide? Well, then Jesus would have committed suicide because he had the ability. In scripture, it makes it very plain to have stopped the cross. I truly believe in John 17. If he had not continued his prayer with, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, there would have been no cross and no hope for us. But the, the prophecies were also very clear that if he called to God, there would be legions of angels come to keep him from even stumbling. So he voluntarily, I mean, he walked down off the Mount of Olives, leaving his sleeping buddies behind and presented himself to the arresting mob. Is that suicide? No. Is it willingly give, being, you know, giving up your life? Yes. So it, it's a whole lot of depends on what else is going on, isn't it? When a soldier or police officer gives up their life for another, it's not suicide. It's love and grace and courage and honor. Suicide, however, can be not to giving up your life because you know it's limited and the like, but rather you're doing it as a way to harm others and now you'll see. And, and I have read some suicide notes, few, but more than I ever wanted to read, that were basically this will show you and you're going to be sorry now. That's a different issue. And I'm going to, you know, I still think God saves. I think his grace is far more immense than anything we've imagined. So I'm not going to even push there, but I'm just going to say, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there are people whose suicide is because they just see no hope. You might want to look at the Monday morning message, the last Monday in August, when I talked about uh, stories and consequences. And the stories we're telling our children and uh, millennials right now is that leads to a hopelessness and a why live. And no wonder the suicides in those age groups are ticking up as far as we can tell. Right now, uh, we're getting more stories than data, but that's because data lags by about two years. It just takes that time for the death certificates and everything in the research to be done. But I will say this, you and I have no business judging anyone for suicide or not. We should be the ones that speak to them of life and then live a life that shows them hope in life. And that would mean we guard the negativisms in our life. We're not always looking for something to disapprove. We're not always looking for somebody on the internet to correct. We're not always looking for an enemy that'll explain why our life isn't perfect. But instead, we look at our blessings, we look at our Savior, we hold his hand, and we keep our eyes open for the people that he would see. Now, I told you I would give you some figures. Uh, leading cause of death in America is not suicide. It's the 12th leading cause of death. And that's, um, that should get you some comfort, because if you just read newspapers, you would think it was higher than that. But who commits suicide? 
nearly 70%, 70% of all suicides in America in a given year are white, middle-aged, or older males. I know. In poetry, in movies, in our songs, it is the, uh, the frail young woman. It is the spurned young woman. It is the bullied uh, little boy or the bullied young woman. But suicide is, um, uh, is something which white men seem to be best at. And by the way, following them are Native Americans and Hispanics. Uh, it is not as high among them, but it is very high and higher than in any of the female groups. I have um, so many figures in front of me that I can start going through here. Um, let's see. Suicide attempts. Um, you might last, uh, the last figures we have, and these are incomplete, this is 2020, was there were 1.2 million suicide attempts. Out of that, about 46,000 actually followed through all the way or they were, there was an intervention, and so they, they or there, there was no intervention, and so they committed suicide. So 46,000 dead when 1.2 million uh, tries. However, men are four times more likely to die of suicide than women. You crunch all the numbers, what you find is that women do a lot of more attempts, but their attempts are, are less deadly. Number one cause, uh, and, and only by a little bit, it's 50-something percent, is firearms. And then after then becomes suffocation, which also includes uh, hanging. And then you go to poison after that. Many people, when they try to poison themselves, merely end up with organ damage because it's not as easy to poison yourself as people think it is. It is incredibly painful, and your body will fight it but your body has a hard time fighting some of these other methods. Um, there are 93% of Americans say they believe suicides can be prevented. I don't even know what they mean by that. Life is hard, and I think we can prevent this person or that person. We're not going to be able to turn earth into heaven, but we can be heaven on earth for somebody. We can reach somebody. So, have compassion, live positively, watch your negative words, watch your judgmentalism, watch your social media, or get off of it. Show kindness and take it seriously. 988, that's the number to remember. Thank you. Have a great week. Let's make things better for others as well. I think that's our job.